Okay then, well, it's great to welcome you here this Sunday. Um, Baptism Sundays are always um, a pleasure uh, and a a time of celebration. Um, As a church, we are not really into rituals that much, you might have noticed. Um, We're not very liturgical in our approach. Um, In fact, as a church, we've kind of orientated ourselves towards people who wouldn't normally consider church, the the space we meet in, how we dress, the way we try and speak, um, the songs we sing, uh, the kind of church that we are is the the church that wants to try and make sense to the broadest um, spectrum of people. We, We try not to be too weird. I don't know if you've ever noticed church is a bit weird, and I'm conscious that it's already been weird. You're like, none of you have ever been to a group karaoke, have you? Um, but you have now. Um, but church, church can, it can be weird. Um, and, in, and this morning, we are engaging with an age-old ritual um, that the, the, the church has really practiced for, for 2,000 years. But I'm conscious that it's the kind of ritual that when you look in from the outside, it looks, it looks a bit weird. Uh, it, it looks a bit strange. Yet all of us, whether we admit it or not, are, can be a bit ritualistic. Um, and, and, and all of us have things in our lives that we, can, we do that are a bit strange. Has, has anybody ever stopped to think about that? You know, um, have you ever thought about this? Um, you know, have you ever thought about that moment when a group of people gather together in a darkened room and someone brings out a dessert and they set it on fire? And then what they do is they take this dessert that's on fire to a particular person in the room and then they chant some words at them and cheer. And then that person spits all over this dessert and, uh, and then we all eat it. Uh, my tip, if you're a little bit OCD, is eat from the bottom of the cake. Uh, <laughs> don't say you ever never learn anything at church. Um, but the reality is we all have different rituals, different things that happen um, that are a little bit weird when you look in from the outside, and baptism can be a little bit weird. And um, But the truth is um, we all are. We're all we're all weird. You can turn to the person next to you and say, I'm weird. Okay? I'm, I'm weird. So, so what we're going to do, so what we're going to do this morning is I just want to take a moment, um, just, just the next 10 minutes or so, just to kind of try and explain what this weird thing is we're doing this morning and just kind of outline what it is these guys are doing as they enter into uh, the waters of baptism. As I say, the practice of baptism is an age-old practice and as we enter into it today, we're joining with the church uh, throughout the ages. Um, Baptism can be described as a sacrament That is, it's a visible sign of something that has taken place 
on the inside of individuals, something that has transformed in them. There's lots of different opinions about baptism uh, and lots of different ways that different churches practice baptism. Some churches identify themselves as Baptists. Some of you may have heard of those folks, and that's because they really like baptism. Um, but there's, so there's lots of different ways that we can uh, understand what baptism is about. So I just want to talk about four things that I think uh, we're doing this morning. Uh, the first thing is that we're identifying with Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. You know, it's actually customary in the ancient world uh, to be baptized as a way of identifying with something or identifying with a person or a group or a message or a course. And today, we're, we're celebrating uh, with these folks who are getting baptized that they have made a choice. They've, they've chosen to follow and identify themselves with a person. And that's the person, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and so they've chosen to be connected to him. And, and most significantly, they've chosen to connect themselves to his death and resurrection. You see, Jesus didn't die a metaphorical death. And he didn't rise to some sort of romanticized Renaissance painting. It wasn't just like this, or anything like that, you know. He, Jesus didn't, wasn't, it wasn't a metaphor. Jesus was arrested. He was physically beaten, physically whipped, such that the skin on his back physically hung from it. He had a physical crown of thorns pressed into his skull. He physically lay down on a cross and allowed men to physically drive nails into his wrists and his feet. He was physically lifted up on a cross, considered the most torturous form of execution of that time. And it was Jesus' physical blood, his real blood, that, that dripped down from that cross. And he hung on a real cross and breathed his last breath, and he physically died. He died a cruel, torturous death. Yet three days later, we believe he also physically rose again. He appeared dozens and dozens of times to people over a period of 40 days. He, he allowed them to physically touch the wounds in his body. He ate with them. He, he taught them. He taught them the message of his kingdom. And the amazing thing about all of that reality is it allows every single human being, being the privilege to enter into a real life-changing relationship with the God of the universe. That's what we, we believe. That's what the Christian faith stands on. And he invites all of us to the party because we're all adopted children of the King of Kings. Um, we're all invited into a relationship with him, to know him, to be known by him. Now, for those getting baptized today, 
They aren't going to physically die. You'll be pleased to know. But there has been a death taken place. You see, by making a choice to follow Jesus means an individual has chose to die to themselves. They've made a choice to die to an old way of living and begin a new kind of life, a Jesus kind of life, where Jesus becomes their model, where Jesus becomes the master of all they are. The Apostle Paul, who was a, a guy who wrote much of what we call the New Testament, he, he said this to a church in Galatians. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The, la- the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul again in Romans 6, chapter 8, uh, verse 8, he says this. He says, now if we are dead with Christ, we believe that we are also alive with him. Now one day, I hate to break this to you, but we're all going to die a physical death. Okay, we are, one day we're going to stop breathing and we will die. And we also believe that those who have accepted Jesus will experience a resurrection and they will enter into an eternal life with him. But the amazing thing about that eternal life is, is that those that are surrendered to him now actually get to enter into that eternal life right now. In the Gospels, Jesus says this. He says, the thief, meaning the devil, comes to steal and destroy. But he says, I've come that you may have life. And it could be translated that you have an eternal kind of life. And life to all its fullness. See, that eternal kind of life that we believe Jesus offers begins now. And then we, go, we get to live it on into eternity. And so as we enter into the water of baptism, we're immersed in the water. Um, and the picture of what happens here is, it, is, is really a picture of the spiritual choice that we've made. That, that we've chose to identify with Jesus' death, with his burial and his resurrection. We often joke at baptisms, and this is that the, the baptism pool should be kind of shaped like a coffin. This is where it gets weird again, okay? Uh, it, should be, it should be shaped like a coffin, because actually that's what it symbolizes. It, it symbolizes a dying to something that's gone, that's something that's old, the symbol of death. And that as we enter into the waters, as, as we're submitted into the waters, we... We die to that old self, that old nature. And as we come out of the water, it's this symbol of being raised to new life with Jesus. So that's the first thing. It's, it's identifying what Jesus has done through his, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Secondly, it's a, a symbol of cleansing from, from sin, which is not a popular word in our culture, is it? Sin. Uh, but I'm going to say it. And so... Um, Peter, the Apostle Peter, he says this. He says, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, 
but the pledge to clean the conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand. You see, baptism throughout the New Testament was a sign of people choosing to do this thing called repent. And to repent really just means to turn away, to, to kind of do a complete 180, uh, to, to turn around. And, um, and so in this passage that, that, that Peter says, he says, the fact, the fact is, is that a believer's sin is washed away uh, through the work of Jesus. And he says, you know, we all understand that if you're dirty, your body's dirty, you get in a bath and it makes your physical body clean. But actually, the symbol of baptism is, is more than that. It's the cleansing of the stain that separates us from God. It's the cleansing of our conscience that, that we can now live pure and spotlessly before our Heavenly Father, that we have access to him. And again, there's the symbolism of, of what Christ has done. He's cleansed us. He's cleaned us. The third thing is that Jesus told us to do it. Baptism is, is one of two things that Jesus gave the church commands to observe. One was the Lord's Supper or communion, uh, and the other is this command uh, to baptize uh, followers of Jesus. Jesus says this in Matthew 28, verse 19, Therefore, go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so as we enter into baptism this morning, we're just being obedient. We're being obedient to what the book says and what the person we believe is behind the book says. That we're being, uh, we're being obedient to our new Lord and Master. And then finally, fourthly, baptism is a public declaration of our faith. You see, at the point of baptism is an opportunity to to publicly declare, this is the choice I've made. I've made this declaration that I'm going to lay my life down for the sake of the gospel. And, And I've invited my friends and my family and all that know me to say, this is who I am, and this is what I've done. And, we, and when we make this declaration, um, not only does it have power in the heavenly realms, but it also shows that who we identify with, that we identify with Christ, that we, we've entered into a relationship with him, and we now see ourselves as God's children. And so for those of you who are here this morning, as friends and family, you have a role to play in baptism, and uh, you have a role to play in, in cheering them on. Those of you who share uh, a faith, a Christian faith, have an opportunity to pray for those who are entering into baptism, because as you probably know, it's been a tough week for some of them, and it might get a bit tougher in the, in the weeks ahead as they make this choice to follow Jesus. And so today doesn't mean that, that those who get baptized will suddenly be 100% perfect when they come out of the water. Okay, some of you are thinking, oh man, that's what I was hoping. Um, but that isn't the case. 
you know, that the scriptures talk about us being transformed from glory to glory, that we're an ongoing work. Um, but today is a symbol of the trajectory set ahead of us, that we, we, we want to live for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. That's what this is all about.